Good morning. Our scripture reading for this morning is from the book of Romans, chapter 8, 14 to 17, and John 14, 26, 27. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Who is the Holy Spirit? I don't know, sorry. I don't know. The Spirit of the Son. That's a tough one. Um, it's... God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they're all like a trinity. Angels? I don't know. It's, it's God. I think the Holy Spirit is different for everyone. Wouldn't that be your conscience? Huh, I have no, I don't really have a, a lot of, I don't know, I don't know who the Holy Spirit is, I mean, I don't know. Third person of the trinity? Um, the Holy Spirit? I've never even really much thought into that. That's a little clip from one of the sessions from the Alpha course. Uh, good morning. Good to see you here this morning. Who is the Holy Spirit? Maybe uh, you would answer something like what one of those people answered. Uh, maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm glad I know a little bit more than what, what they know uh, about the Holy Spirit. Either way, the Holy Spirit is is easily the most misunderstood member of the Trinity, this, this family of Father, Son, and Spirit that we call God. Um, welcome, by the way, my name's Luke. If I haven't met you before, I'm the pastor here. And uh, if you weren't already aware, today we start a teaching series, uh, more than hopefully a sermon series, but a, a, a focus on our discipleship in these next six or seven weeks. And we're calling it Come Holy Spirit. And I've never been more excited and simultaneously more nervous about a series or theme than this one. Um, even right now, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, it's, a, it's a big thing. I grew up in a uh, Christian home and um, I went to church as a kid. I, I actually gave my heart to the Lord when I was around age 16. Um, and uh, uh, that was when I, uh, through, a, through a local youth group. 
And um, from that point on, I, I, I really loved Jesus. I wanted to serve him. I actually got into ministry very quickly, um, studied at Bible college only a few years after that. Um, and as a young person in church, though, I, I, I don't ever remember learning anything. I mean, I'm sure there was some stuff in Sunday school, but I really don't remember learning much about the Holy Spirit. I knew about him. I knew he was the third person of the Trinity. and I just didn't know anything about him. Um, when I got saved, as, again, through a fantastic youth ministry in Mandra at the time, I was about 16, I heard a little more about him then, um, but not much. I mean, I certainly felt him more now and actually had a few experiences of being filled and overwhelmed with God's love that, that trans, really transformed me. And, and, um, and I now understand this to be the work of the whole, or that to be the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. But at the time, it was just God's love. And, and in some cases, with friends, it was something slightly weird that I didn't understand. Um, then I went to a Pentecostal Bible college. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, Pentecostal, that kind of stream of the church, means more into the, 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 the work of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and all those kinds of things. Um, and while everyone else seemed to be quite comfortable uh, with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and all that, I felt quite like a fish out of water um, in, in that college, um, but not always in a bad way. Uh, it, sometimes it was quite a rich experience. Then after my um, undergraduate degree at that Bible college, for about the next uh, four or five years, I barely remember a conversation, a lecture at theological college, a sermon, or anything to do with the Holy Spirit uh, when I was studying somewhere else and, and just coming into ministry. Until eventually, about six years ago, uh, which oh, six or seven years ago, just not long into the time um, being here at the Billabong, I began to interact with some people who actually talked about and, and lived out the ordinary work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian. Now, I say ordinary because it wasn't weird, it wasn't mystical or crazy, it, wasn't, it was very biblically grounded, but nonetheless very powerful, even supernatural. And, and so it was the, what should be the, the ordinary work, according to what the scriptures say, of the Spirit in the lives of followers of Jesus. But that doesn't mean that it's common. Most Christians and most churches live on either end of the spectrum. There's, uh, on the one end of the spectrum, the Holy Spirit is assumed, but never really talked about or invited to come and work among us, uh, or on the other end of the spectrum, the, the, the Holy Spirit and the more supernatural, uh, mystical ways he works are overemphasized. And, and most live on one end of the spectrum or the other, or maybe a little bit in this way, or a little bit in this way, but never really right in the middle. And this series is called Come Holy Spirit because I believe the best thing we can do is just to invite him to come and show us who he really is. I mean, can you imagine making someone, deciding to make someone your best friend 
but all you do is research them on social media, look them up on LinkedIn, um, uh, ask others about their friendship with this person, read books they'd written, and then decide, okay, I'm going to be their best friend now and ask them to be mine. You know, you'd get to know someone first. You'd invite them for coffee. You'd develop a relationship slowly. Well, the Holy Spirit is a person. And by that, I mean not, not a human being, but a, but a person, a personal with a voice, with motivations. He loves, he cares, he grieves, he gets passionate about certain things. And so the goal of the next few months is to create space just to get to know him, not just know about him or study him, but to get to know him. So let me pause for a moment. And um, before I go on, just pray uh, this ancient prayer of the church and the title of our, our, our theme for the next six or seven weeks, Come Holy Spirit. God, as we, as we come here before you this morning and open your word together, as usual, we pray you would open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears to hear what you're saying. But we also invite you, Holy Spirit, come, come Holy Spirit, be with us, among us, near to us this morning. We invite you. Reveal yourself to us, Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me start here. How do you talk about the Holy Spirit? Maybe uh, he almost sounds like the force in Star Wars to you. And, uh, or maybe God's power, because you remember that verse, you know, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And so maybe you found yourself describing the Holy Spirit when you talk about him as an it. You know, the Holy Spirit came and it did whatever. Um, but of course, he's not an it. No more than, for example, your boss is an it. And you wouldn't call your boss an it, or you might get fired, right? Uh, and depending on the relationship you have with, just going with that analogy, your boss, um, if, you, if you do have a boss in your workplace, um, you may or may not refer to them as the boss. You may call them by name or you may not. If the relationship's not really there, you might talk to your friend on the weekend, oh, the boss got me to do this, such and such. Oh, the boss wants me to work overtime next week. Oh, the boss this, the boss that. However, if the relationship was, was, was good and there was some sort of a not just um, uh, you know, um, employee-boss relationship, you might actually refer to them by name. Oh, Tanya is a really good boss. Oh, James, James actually really cares for us as, em as employees. Um, in the same way, the Holy Spirit, it, this Holy Spirit is his name. He has a name. Now, it's probably easier for us to go, well, Father or Jesus, that's a, that's a name that we can refer to more naturally. But Holy Spirit, we kind of go, well, uh, that, that sounds more like a descriptor. And it is the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of God who is holy. That is the descriptor as well. But Holy Spirit is, is the name we have for him. And so when we pray, we don't go, come, the Holy Spirit. We seek you, the Holy Spirit. We, we pray, come, Holy Spirit. Now, it doesn't mean other times we might talk about, and obviously I will talk about, the Holy Spirit. But uh, maybe we ought to think about, just as the starting point, how we talk about Holy Spirit. Now, as a person, who, one who has motivations and hopes and a purpose, 
I think it's so important that we think about what does he do? What is the Holy Spirit's mission? What is he, what is he there for? What's he all about? It's, it's my conviction that the confusion, even controversy around the Holy Spirit, around the gifts and the miraculous and all the stuff that we're going to get to talk about in future weeks, the confusion and controversies all stem not from, sorry, from not understanding and having an answer to this primary question. What is the Holy Spirit's underlying purpose and motivation and mission in everything he does? And it's this, to draw us into relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. You can say that a number of different ways, to draw us into the heart of God, to, to draw us into the love of God, into deeper into relationship with God. But this is what his goal always is in any way that he works. Uh, and I'm going to keep coming back to this and back to this in the coming weeks because this truth and this grounding, this foundation, both motivates us to seek and ask for the work and power and, and even supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and it keeps us from an unhealthy obsession, because that can happen too, an unhealthy obsession with the supernatural and the more um, uh, miraculous things that the Spirit does. I can't state this strongly enough from day one. The Spirit's goal in all things, everything that He does, is always to draw us, bring us, gently move us into the arms of God, into the heart of the Father. And he does that in a myriad of ways, but nothing he does is contrary to that purpose. So we just read from Romans 8 and John 14. Romans 8 says, just well, two verses of it, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you brought about, the spirit brought uh, you received brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership and by him we cry Abba Father the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children and so you see what he's doing he's drawing us into that relationship later in the chapter Paul writes that the spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. He's there to do whatever he can, whenever he can, to strengthen that relationship and that communication with God. That is what he's always doing. And I and most Christians that I've met never, certainly when we were younger, never learned that this was the case, or at least learned how to rely on the Spirit's help in relating with God. This is what he's doing, but we've got to respond. How do we respond? I really hope that this next six to seven weeks will begin to fill that gap if you've never learned how that happens practically. John 14, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, there's nothing wrong with biblical literacy and biblical knowledge and biblical understanding. We need it, we rely on it, it's essential. But we also need someone who will show us how these are more than words on a page. 
more than just history written in a book. They are God's words to us. And as God speaks to us now today, we are drawn into his heart in that process. This is who the Spirit is. He enables, he facilitates that communication with God. And Joy is going to unpack that more, a bit more as, as we lay the foundations. He's going to unpack that a bit more next week. So what does this look like, though? As the Spirit comes, as we invite Him and say, come near, Holy Spirit, what happens? What does it look like? What happens when He comes? As the Spirit draws us closer to Jesus, closer to the Father, this is His mission. What that looks like in your life and in my life is quite varied. There are no one or two specific ways, but it's, there's a multitude. The Holy Spirit works in a multitude of different ways. And I believe there's just such an exciting journey ahead for every single person in this room or watching online or you're watching it later on YouTube or listening on the podcast. Every single person, an exciting journey discovering exactly what that looks like in your life, according to how he's wired you and how he's chosen to speak and move in your life. But there are, I think, a few common threads. I don't by any means want to say this encaptures everything, but here's a few things that I've noticed as a few common threads of how the Holy Spirit, how it actually works out when he draws us into the heart of God. One is, is what I would describe as feeling close. It might seem obvious, but let me, let me explain. In recent years, I've, I've, um, I've started to become more aware, and I mean, I guess it's a journey over my whole Christian walk, but especially in the last couple of years, aware of the closeness of God in particular moments when particular things happen, and not just kind of a cognitive thing, but feeling it. For example, when I read a passage of Scripture and there's something that, that God seems to highlight, it stands out, it speaks into my situation, and I go back, and I don't just skip over it, but reflect and, and realize what he's saying, what he's speaking into there and then. And, and sometimes when that happens, there's actually a feeling, sometimes even physical, a, a, a chill or a tingling, and uh, like someone's in the room now that I love and that they love me. And... God made us to feel emotionally and physically. And I don't think we ought to be scared. Again, not a spirit of fear is not what he's given us. I don't think we ought to be scared to experience feeling, actually feeling close to God who loves us. Of course, when I say it, now that I say it, I'm like, well, of course we ought not to be scared of that feeling close to God. But, but he's made us to feel. And when we welcome the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. This may happen, feeling close, even physically, in a number of ways. So that's one common thread I see. Very similar to this, but slightly different, is what I would call tangible presence. God's presence felt tangibly. God is indeed omnipresent. That just means he's everywhere. Um, and we're generally very comfortable with that, and even, but even potentially hide behind it. Go, oh yeah, God's everywhere, God's everywhere. He's present everywhere. But the, in the Bible, it's very, very clear that God is more or at least more tangibly present at certain places, in certain times, in certain ways. I mean, just a very mild example 
of this um, within the life of our church is our prayer room. I've had people walk into that, that room. If you don't know where the prayer room is, it's in our admin area over in the corner, dedicated just for prayer and reflection and reading the Bible. And, um, and, and I've had people walk into that room and, and say, wow, I feel God's presence so strongly here. Like there literally is a difference between that side of the doorway and that side of the doorway. Now, for me, I don't sort of sense God is there more or less in that way very often, if, if at all. But one of the reasons I'm standing here today, again, God moves and the Holy Spirit works in different ways in different people's lives. One of the reasons I'm standing here today is because 16 years ago, as I mentioned, I had an encounter with the presence of God so strongly that I couldn't deny he was real. And not only real, but true and the most powerful and loving being in the universe. Tangible experiences of God's presence draw us straight into the Father heart of God. Again, the Spirit's motivation in this is not that we would have some whiz-bang experience, but an experience of God's love. Another thing uh, that I see as a common thread is what I describe as feeling what God feels. Or if you like, thinking what God thinks, although you know, those two are kind of closely connected. Um, let me explain. In the last few weeks, I've, I've tried to be more open to the Holy Spirit, than, than, and, and I think I have been more open to the Holy Spirit in any other time in my life. Some things have you know, inspired me and motivated me to, to, to be open. And I've found that a few times, just a few times, when I've been praying for others, I've had a sudden sense of feeling burdened, like a deep, deep emotion, not of worry or anxiety, but what I can only describe as heartbreak and longing for the person or the people. And I know it's been God and not just my own compassion, because in a few cases, it's been people that I've never met, and I'm only praying for them because somebody I know who knows them requested prayer. And yet it, it feels as if I've known them all my life. And then it goes after a minute. The Holy Spirit has just given me a taste, like a, a, almost an alignment with God's heart just for a minute. So that my prayers just in that minute become incredibly genuine all of a sudden. Of course, this isn't the only kind of feeling what God feels that the Spirit can give us. Paul talks of um, great joy even in suffering. And the, the scripture we read from John 14, Jesus said in the passage we read, uh, that my peace I leave with you when talking about sending the Holy Spirit. Joy, peace, but maybe sometimes burden. And so if you pray and choose to pray, come Holy Spirit, just be careful. <laughs> now, I say that half-jokingly because to some extent we do need to be careful. Um, you only have to read 1 Corinthians um, or Google Holy Spirit or search Holy Spirit on YouTube or something like that and you'll find all sorts of misuse and abuse of the kind of power that the Holy Spirit can and does make available to human beings. When the Holy Spirit comes and moves among us, through us, he may work miracles, signs and wonders, give gifts that are nothing less than supernatural. He may speak in ways you've never heard him speak before. He may heal, deliver, set free in ways that 
the best medicine or doctor or could only dream of would happen. You could heal deep, deep, deep things under the surface in your life or someone else's life. Or believe it or not, he may raise the dead. We believe that about Jesus. And some of this power that the Holy Spirit has may even be entrusted to us, which of course is why. There are so many controversies, confusion, and consequently, sadly, division over the Holy Spirit and his work. Because human beings are human beings. (laughs) But it's not the Holy Spirit's fault. Nor is it a myth. Nor is it necessarily another spirit. When human beings sensationalize the genuine work of the Holy Spirit and take it further because, wow, look at what we can do now. It's not any necessarily any less the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, are there things such as other spirits in the supernatural realm that people can get stuck into? Absolutely. And we'll get to that another time. But it's not necessarily the Holy Spirit's fault, things that are happening, nor a myth and all, or some other spirit. What's important is this. Again, coming back to the foundation. His mission is always in everything to draw you and I into relationship with God our Father. That is what he is doing. No matter what it looks like, if that's not the goal, then it's not him or we are taking it the wrong way and directing his work selfishly. The Holy Spirit is always drawing you and I into relationship with God. That is his mission. That is his purpose in in everything. Sometimes it's in the most gentle, subtle, most simple, most unexciting ways. (laughs) And sometimes in powerful, miraculous, even uncomfortable ways. But his heart is always the same. You and I, in deeper relationship with our Heavenly Father. A few weeks ago, uh, we held Vision Sunday, and, and it was, in my opinion, more important than just um, you know, a, a yearly Vision Sunday in February or March, which sort of said this is Vision for the Year. It was a solidification, um, this time around, a solidification of the core mission of our church, to be disciples and make disciples. Um, and so you might ask, well, why after that Vision Sunday and Easter and finishing off our three months in focusing on prayer. Why start here? Why move now into a series and theme called Come Holy Spirit? Should we be talking about discipleship or what that means? Here's the reason. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who helps make that happen. A disciple of Jesus is one who is constantly drawn deeper and deeper into relationship with God and led by the Spirit, the helper, the one who comes alongside to serve him. And a disciple of Jesus who, who is, is one who is constantly led by God to draw others closer to him, to make disciples. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. This is his mission. And we partner with him in it. My challenge to you is this. Four things over the next couple of weeks, maybe five if I add one later, but let's start with four. The first is simply to challenge you to engage you can come. 
on Sunday and listen to the sermon and then wait until the next one and, and go, oh, that was, that was informative and interesting. Or you can just do a very, very simple thing. Begin to pray this prayer every day this week. When you wake up in the morning, sit down with your coffee or your breakfast or your cup of tea, just nothing complicated about it, just come Holy Spirit. Maybe spend a few moments in silence and go, okay, I've invited the Spirit to come into my day. Let's move on with it now. And as you do that, maybe you'll begin to wait a little longer. But pray, come Holy Spirit in my life, in my family. You can read what the Bible says. Engage with what the Scriptures actually say about the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want a good book to read, there are lots of really good ones. Problem is, there's also also lots of really bad ones. If you want some good YouTube sermons uh, and videos to watch, there's lots of really bad ones. Uh, Maybe a few good ones, but... Here's here's the thing. Start here. Start here. The guy who wrote it knows the Holy Spirit pretty well. (laughs) He does. Talk this stuff over with someone during the week would be my second encouragement. If your life group isn't uh, holding specifically holding discussions on this, that's okay. Find someone and have a coffee. Um, to talk about with your wife, your kids. Um, and, and I'm going to have, uh, if we just go to the next slide, questions and activities each week on the website. So this is just a picture of our website. There's a little intro thingy there. And then there's a link here that when you click on it, you, it'll pull down some questions that some of our life groups may be using. But you can just use these questions and a simple activity. I think this week's is um, just pray, come Holy Spirit, and just have five minutes of just waiting in God's presence. That's it. Simple activity. But talk this stuff over. Use the questions. Get together with someone. Don't just come and then, and, and then just wait until next Sunday. Third, third encouragement would be to be open. Now, I am in, acutely aware that for some people in this room or watching online, you have seen or experienced spiritual abuse, misuse of the gifts and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I, I recognize that. I agree with you over that. But Paul says, do not quench or extinguish the Spirit. His desire is to draw you closer to the Father whose love is unconditional and whose love is unfathomable. Let's not miss that opportunity to be drawn into the heart of God by the Holy Spirit, however he wants to do that. Be open, be open. Have an open heart. Have an open mind in this time. And finally, ask questions. Now, this is, a, this is the fun bit. So our, our team, our ministry team, decided a few weeks ago that one of the best things we could do in this six, seven weeks um, is to set aside one week, and it's probably going to be the last Sunday in May, 30th of May, um, just to answer questions. Because there will be many. Many questions that come to mind. What about this? What about that thing I've heard about? What about what happened here? And, and we would love, we're not going to put a box, the box isn't out yet, but in a couple of weeks' time, there'll be a question box. And if you have questions, please submit them. And then one week, we're just going to do FAQ uh, from the front and try and answer all the unanswered questions. Obviously, we hope that many of the questions will be answered in the next five weeks. Um, but if there are any, well, we sh- I'm sure there will be more There will be things we miss, and we'd love you to submit a question. So ask questions, not just through the box, but talk talk to me, talk to anybody who you trust, and to have a good conversation about this. Does that sound all right? No need to stone me as a heretic just yet? Okay. 
Uh, each Sunday, I just want to finish the, the message as we head into a time of worship in song by simply praying that prayer, come Holy Spirit. Um, it's an ancient prayer of the church. And you may remember that the Father says, if, uh, that Jesus said, you know, if, if your earthly father is willing to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's all we're doing is we're asking. We'll get into the some more stuff about, well, but isn't he here anyway? Don't we have him anyway? Yeah, we'll get into all of that. But in the meantime, let's just invite him. Not forcing anything, just inviting him to come. Just before we do that, uh, you know, I was talking to Micah about this last night and was reminded that this is just like um, Josiah, who um, he's my two-year-old. And um, about mm, four or five months ago, he started to, he learned the word come. So he would go, daddy, come, daddy, come, which means like, I really need you right now, daddy, to come and look at whatever I'm doing and be with me. That's us. We're just kids with our father going, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come, come, be close. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you. As we sing, as we pray in this next little while. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit.